0: How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and on today's show we have got English novelist Graham Greene and 20th century American actor Jimmy Stewart. It was a fascinating talk. Uh, two of my favorite comedians on this episode. So if you want to check them out for more, Graham Green, a.k.a. Austin Sanders. You want to go see his live show, Entirely From Memory. Uh, for more dates of that show, you can go to entirelyfrommemory.com and uh, check out his Twitter account. And for more Rebecca Robles on Instagram, at Lobster Bisque, or at The Rebecca Robles Show. Um couple of a little bit of housekeeping before we get to the episode. Don't forget that you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Hit us up at famous dead at radiofreebrooklyn.org. I want more emails. Give me those fucking emails, send them to me, or I swear to I swear to fucking god, I will just continue living my life. Um Rate and review the podcast, tell your friends how great it is, leave a comment, go to JarrettBerenstein.com for the latest updates on upcoming shows and projects, new videos every Tuesday on my YouTube and on my Facebook fan page, and of course we have the... Next edition of Stand Up 2020, our voting rights, voting registration and awesome stand up comedy show is going to be happening on Friday, December 6th at 7 p.m. at the Pitt Theater on 24th Street with headliner Mike Kaplan and an awesome lineup of stellar stand ups. Not talking about politics necessarily. They can talk about whatever. And, you know, if you've already registered and you just want to come see a great show that supports a great cause, come on down. All the proceeds go towards voting right organizations. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Jimmy Stewart and Graham Greene only on Famous Dead People.
1: Famous dead people. It's time. Famous dead people. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. The people. People.
2: people you know. Famous dead people. people. Stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful oh. oh. me, Even though all these.
0: Podcast. My guests today on Famous Dead People are the English novelist behind such works as the third man, the confidential agent, and the end of the affair, Graham Greene.
1: Hello, Janet. And
0: 20th century American stage and screen actor famous for his everyman roles in films like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and It's a Wonderful Light, Jimmy Stewart. Hello, Jared. Uh, Mr. Stewart, Mr. Greene, thank you so much for being with us here today on Famous Dead People.
1: Oh, such a pleasure. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, vibrant and vivacious as always, gentlemen. Is it dusty
1: in here? Yeah. Just
0: a touch. Mm. Uh, let's start off with you. Is uh, it dust Mr. or
2: is it little bugs <laughs> cut up? <laughs> When they d- dust is, I read dust is actually bugs.
0: Is dust bugs? I think it's also skin it's cells. It's also skin. It's hair, also follicles. hair. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's, it's also secrets. Secrets.
0: Ooh, didn't know about that. But let's start off with you, Mr. <gasps> Green. So your work falls into people say your work falls into two categories: the so-called Catholic novels that deal with Catholic themes, like *The End of the Affair*. And also the thrillers, which are more like the political espionage, international... You know, affairs. You, you referred to them as entertainments, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so what I found fascinating about so these these two types of books that you did is that they're also two very real parts of your life. Like you did convert to Catholicism after you met your future wife. Oh, yeah. So the Catholicism was a very real part of your life, and you actually were an agent for MI6 during World War II. So it seems like
1: you Two were specifically... Two sides of the same coin. You were
0: specifically writing about things that you were going through. Would you say that that's a fair thing to say? Like, right.
1: what you know, Jared. Yes. Right.
0: what do you know. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, how parallel would you say the material in your life was to your work? Are these thinly veiled autobiographical stories, or are they whole cloth fabrication or something in between? Well,
1: absolutely. Well, of course, you know... <laughs>
2: <gasps> oh no, he's gone. <laughs> no. no.
1: Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm he's back.
2: back. <laughs> oh, I'm back. Jimmy,
1: how are you? Are you okay?
2: Um, I'm a little happy to be <laughs> here.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What was I talking about? Oh, yes, you were asking... uh,
0: Autobiographical elements in your stories.
1: Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, of course, uh, I I was at MI6 at the same time as Kim Philby, who was, as many know, a third man, who was a spy... A spy for for the Soviets. For the Soviets, yes, for for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And so the story of the third man, of a third person going in between, well, that's very much based on my life, you know. Interesting.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. So so you would say that the inspiration for the third man came from working under this double agent.
1: Yes, yes. And so that was the third man. And then, of course, the end of the affair. Mm -hmm. That was You were
0: having an affair. I was having an affair. We
1: came to the end of it. And I went, oh, title. (laughs) And I went right to the typewriter. And I started writing out a story called the end of the affair. Mm -hmm. I had another one. Called, I had another one called The Quiet American. Yes,
0: Quiet American. I love that book.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And I was I was sitting at the airport, and somebody was like, who is that gentleman over there? And I said, who do you mean? The Quiet American? <laughs> oh, title. And then I pulled up my typewriter, and I started writing.
0: All right. And what about The Power and the Glory?
1: Yes. So that was, I had just... Uh, now, how familiar are you with sex? N- uh, with sex? Yes. I'm pretty familiar. Okay, well, Really? Oh, oh. <laughs> really? Tell me more, Jared.
0: <laughs> I've done it once or twice.
1: Oh, once or twice. mm mm-hmm. wow, real authority. <laughs> so there I was. not the. Th- over here. <laughs> so there I was. I was in the throes. You remember at the end of the affair? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there I was in the affair. Yes. And we had just finished copulate sex. Mm-hmm. You're familiar. I am familiar with sex, yes. Jamie, you are also familiar.
2: You're... I'm struggling to remember. It's
1: okay. It's okay. And and after the end of it, mm-hmm. I had done I had done I had done what I had came to do.
0: Yes, you finished, if you will.
1: And I and, and finished what Finished the sex act <laughs> Chewy Stewart. spirits. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had just finished finishing. Yes. And I had just finished coughing. Mm-hmm. I had died for just a little bit. <gasps> okay. Came back.
0: As one is wont to
1: do. I died from the power of my climax. Ooh. And then the glory of my come back of my of my climax brought me back interesting so the power of the climax wow. and the glory of the climax you know the french call me and brought me back
0: orgasms the little death le petit mort they oh. call it oh. And oh, you so- have had
1: sex twice haven't you old boy <laughs> and
2: been to paris oh. and i've been
0: to paris that's the only place that you can learn french things is in paris they are a closely guided cult- cult- guarded culture they do no. not let their secrets out
1: you go to any high school across america nobody's teaching french no. Nobody's teaching French. No. Nobody. Unless they
0: smuggle it out like a North Korean <gasps> expat. <Cool>. So, <laughs>
1: so, Let's talk more. Uh,
0: I do want to hear more about this uh, double agent. But later on in the interview, I have a lot of questions about her. Uh, but I'm also curious about the Catholic themes that run through these works. You know, so I I was raised Catholic, and so I'm I'm somewhat familiar with like the things that could be in this
1: book. You have the mark of the damned upon you. I guess
0: so. Um, and so for people who might not be familiar with your work, or maybe with the religion of Catholicism, like let's talk specifically about anyone in your book. book anyone in your book and tell us like what the Catholic themes are that run through that
1: book. Okay, so my most famous Catholic book is All Rise. All rise. Yes. Okay. So you know you know that part in Catholic Mass where they where they, where they say, say all rise. All rise.
0: Of course. I, I think that. it happens a couple of times in the Mass. Yes.
1: Oh oh yes. yeah. Because sometimes
0: you get on your knees. Sometimes you're sitting. You know.
1: Sometimes you have to swap seats with the person next to you.
0: That's a fun one. Yeah. There's also
1: a part of it where you have to go find somebody you don't know who mm-hmm. you didn't come with. Yes. <laughs> you have to shake hands with them. There's also
0: the part yeah. where you have to find a little Jesus. They hide a little Jesus in the church. You all got to run around looking for it. It's you know? so
1: fun. And at and at various points during all of this, you're told you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, of course. So how did this relate to, how did you put this in your novel, All Rise?
1: So All Rise is a 500-page novel about one Catholic mass. Ooh, and it okay. is verbatim from, from one particular Catholic mass that I went to. I want to say it was Easter, but it also could have been Easter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And at various points during the Mass, we had to do many, many things. And one of which was we had to describe our orgasms. You know about sex, of course. Of course, I've had it a couple Le times.
0: Le petit Le as they say. Oh, well, we're not in France right now, so you can't tell anybody about that. Remember... France guards oh, yes. their culture very strictly. If they find no. out that I'm the one that told you... Listen here, you
2: goddamn frogs! Really upset. I'm not afraid of you! You,
0: can't, you can say it as much as you want, but you just can't say that you got it from me because they will be very angry with me. No, there's
2: no way... That um my brain could ever remember French, so every time, every time you say that, it's like you've the forgotten first about time. it.
0: Okay, that's I'm safe. I'm safe from Jimmy Stewart. Then fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I mean, I guess that clears it up. Now we know the Catholic themes in All Rise are all of the themes. That happen in a mass because it's literally just a trans transcription of a mass. Right? It's just
1: one trans. It's just one transcription after another. Each one very different, and each one very, very not different at all. Very the same.
0: <laughs> That's really interesting. Uh, let's go over to uh, Jimmy Store for just a moment. Uh, So you are one of the most iconic actors of the silver screen era, one of the most beloved entertainers in American history. Yeah. I learned on Wikipedia that you almost didn't go into acting because there was a tradition in your family of the Stewart men taking over the family hardware store, the J.M. Stewart and Company hardware store. You obviously chose a different path. You went into acting. And I know that your father, for a long time, kept trying to get you to come home and Take over the family hardware store, is that right? It's true. Okay, so even after you were nominated for an Academy Award for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, he was still urging you to take over the hardware store, right?
2: Yeah, they couldn't have been less proud and <laughs> angry every day of my life.
0: Less proud or more angry. Right. Yes, okay. And so, you know, I, I, did, did this ever abate? Like, was there ever a point when he was like, okay, you're an actor now? Was he,
2: there ever peace?
0: There Was there ever peace in the Stewart family? Yes, yes.
2: I remember I tried to hug him on my birthday mm. and he just shoved me. Um, but, like, he was old. He of just, course. like, shoved. It's up for debate. He could have tripped. Okay. But there was a shove, and then I was like, oh, there, this will never be. Oh, you can and never heal this rift. No.
0: Wait, so what? how old were you at the time? <laughs> Was you a sad
2: story.
0: That was a sad story, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. When, that's okay. You know, no, we don't apologize. We're not I got here shoved
2: for, on my birthday we're, by my dad.
0: We're not here for any specific tone or theme. We're just here for the truth. We're just here for the real story of what your life was like, right. Jimmy Stewart.
2: Save it for your poems. Exactly.
1: Oh, which we oh, I can't wait to hear. At the end of
0: the side, oh, yeah. oh, a lot of questions gosh. about the poems at the end of the show. Always. But you you can do as many as you want in can't the interim. Wait but hey, I boy, will specifically ask you about that at the end of the show. So, um,
2: so um no, there was never peace. How old was, what,
0: what age were you when this shove happened? What birthday was it when I you was, realized there would be no peace between you and your dad?
2: I was uh, 17 and a half. 17
0: years yeah. old. So this is even before you went to college, you realized.
2: Long before. Wow.
0: And so you were already telling him no, even though you hadn't decided to be an actor yet.
2: Right. And mm-hmm. we were just always at a, at a, st- a stalemate, an impasse, an impasse. You were, you
0: were, you were button heads with the yeah, old man. A
2: petite more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Jimmy Stewart. That means an orgasm.
2: No, I think it means nope. I got shoved by my dad Defin- on my birthday.
0: Nope, that's not what it means. So you really shouldn't say that you had a petit more with and your dad. And then I
2: was finished with him.
0: Then you were fini. You yeah. were done with him. Yeah. Okay. Now, so did you? Ever, do you know what happened to the hardware store if you weren't the one running it? Like, did somebody eventually take it over from the family?
2: Yes. He, uh, there was another guy in town that looked just like me. So. <laughs> and so. he just sort of glommed on him. And then that was really hard, too. I oh, was replaced. Oh, because he, like, replaced
0: you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a father should never do that. A father should let his children know how important they are to him. That
1: sounds so similar <gasps> to, uh, to a film I saw called The Majestic starring Jim Carrey. Oh. Um it's <laughs>
2: oh a movie it's about the movie theater. Oh he just made,
1: he's just he looks just like him. <laughs> oh,
2: oh my god.
0: Jimmy Stewart, have you seen the movie The Majestic starring Jim Carrey? Oh
1: no. I it was haven't. made I believe with you in mind, which is which is so wonderful. Wow. Isn't that
0: interesting? Isn't that interesting? Wow. Makes me want to listen to a lot of my old episodes and find out how many movies are in there.
1: Oh, uh, how many indeed?
0: <laughs> Definitely 15 I or so. I haven't
1: seen The Majestic. Oh, I, I, I think We're not most, accusing you. I'm no, not accusing no, you, Jimmy I, I think most people have not seen it. I just thought that, yes. I just thought that the parallel was what so... What a fun was coincidence.
2: Was so... Well, yeah. some guy looked just like me, mm-hmm. and my dad <laughs> just took him over for me. I
0: see. Okay, well, I mean... That that must have been really difficult. I mean, I know that you had sisters. I know that you had younger sisters. Like, yes,
2: but those aren't boys.
0: Those are not boys. No. I, I You know, this is obviously the 19... And they
2: couldn't
1: run a, a store. No. They couldn't run
0: a store because they were women. It's
2: upsetting. Let's not talk about that.
0: This was the 1940s, 1950s, I'm, I'm assuming, when your father... Handed over control of the store to somebody else and you know, shoved me. And sh- well, shoved you earlier than that. Oh, right. That right, was like right. the 1920s ish when you were 17. How old uh, was your
1: father? You said he was quite old. How old was he? Um,
2: oh, yeah. What's uh, the age
0: difference between you and your dad? Oh,
2: it's not that bad. It's 81 <laughs> years old.
0: He had you when you, he was 81. He yeah. had you when you were 81 years old.
1: Oh no,
2: he was no, eighty-one no. at the he time. He shoved me when he shoved me. He thing. was eighty-one. So or I tripped. Oh.
1: <laughs> There's still like a good seventy 64? years, 64. you know,
0: <laughs> difference between the two of you. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that explains a lot of your, you, you know, even if you watch the movies of you as a young man, it o- it always seemed like you had like an old man lilt to your speech. It always yeah. seemed like you were. I don't know, you you just had sort of like old characteristics Mm -hmm. that explains it if you're being raised by such an old man.
2: But it's so cool that I always got to play a hot young guy.
0: Who was old.
2: Who was like old, but with young hot girls.
0: That's true, that's true. Even when you were like 50, they were pairing you with young girls in certain movies. That's
2: really the magic of this art. Of the movie?
1: (laughs) I have a question about movies. I, oh, I, yeah, I, I never, I've never asked this, but uh, actresses. Mm-hmm. Now, are they paid? Are oh, actresses paid? Yeah. Yes. You
2: know why? Oh, so, so they're working a job. Hold on, yes. Janet. I think I know more about this. Listen, Green. I'm gonna say that it's still a maybe. <laughs> it's still. Because if this is so, yeah, sorry, so you
0: interrupted my definitive answer of yes to say it's a I'm the expert and I don't know.
2: Because <laughs> if if they do, you have to wait. If they do the movie and they did a good job, then sure. Then you pay the lady. It's, it's a
1: merit-based system. It's mm-hmm. gotta
2: be. That's the most fair.
1: It's the most fair, even though they, we're paying men regardless. If they even though we're paying
2: men regardless. Did a job mm-hmm. and it was pretty good. Well, mm-hmm. then we all have to take a vote.
0: Mm, I see. Was there other way of compensating the female actors if they didn't do a good job and they weren't going to get paid? Would oh, they get yes. anything? Would they get anything from the studio?
2: Yes. Some new shoelaces and a lunch, a hot lunch. Ooh,
0: a hot yes. lunch and some new shoelaces. Uh, a meet
2: and three or a meet and two? A meet and two. A, two. Mm. a meet <laughs> <laughs> Usually a A meat and two sides. (laughs) spinach and a couscous. Spinach and
1: couscous. They must have been shitting up a storm over at Warner Brothers. Oh,
0: what a bunch of lucky ladies. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century American actor Jimmy Stewart. Uh-huh. And English novelist Graham Greene.
1: La petite m'o. Uh, oh,
0: where did you hear that, uh, Graham Greene? Where'd you hear that? Where'd you hear that expression from? You?
2: No, Graham Greene. And that—that that means get your hands off me. It's my birthday. <laughs>
0: Yes. Graham Greene, you can't tell anybody that you heard that from me or the French are going to have my ass.
1: No, I heard it from Jimmy. He was an expression uh, yes. of his father.
0: Blame it on Jimmy Stewart. That works for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go back over to Graham Greene for just a moment. So you were born in 1904 to a large and influential family. In uh, yes. Burke Hampstead, Hertfordshire, which is the most British-sounding place I've ever heard of.
1: Berkhamsted,
0: uh, Hertfordshire. Berkhamsted, Hertfordshire. Yes. So you learned to read at a young age while you were visiting your uncle in Cambridgeshire, which is the second most British place I've heard.
1: Yes, because I'm a Cambridge
0: man. Uh, but you didn't want anybody to know that you could read uh, when you were young, so you would only read in secret in a remote attic. Is that right? Secret.
1: Yes. Secrets. Like the dust on the floor, it is a secret. So many secrets. Bugs, skin, hair. Bugs. All chopped up and going into my lungs. Tiny little actual bugs, like the one that bit your arm. If you're just joining us, Jared's (laughs) arm is infected.
0: I have a tiny bug bite from my trip that I just took.
1: I'm Uh... Graham Green, and I'm here as always with Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) Our guest here today is Jarrett Berenstein. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And he was I will <laughs> say this.
0: If you do do want to start a podcast, Jimmy Stewart and Graham Breen, I will happily be your guest. We just
2: have so much in common.
0: I can't wait to be a guest on your podcast. Co- I
2: have a title.
0: What what's the title for? La Petite More. No, don't call it that. Well, if you do, you just don't tell the French that you got call it from me, okay?
2: Happy birthday.
1: Call him happy birthday, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> okay, so what I wanted to ask you so you're reading for Secret in the Remote Attic because you yes. didn't want anybody to know that you could read, why did you think it was necessary to keep that a secret? What was the harm in your family
1: knowing that you could read a book? In espionage, the trick that you always want to pull is to make the other person think that you are quite dumb. Hmm, Mm.
0: interesting, okay. You
1: always want them to think that you don't have the mental capacity to be able to play at their level, which, in fact, they are only playing a game on your own terms, rules of which they don't know about.
0: Okay, I have a question about this, because you obviously would join MI6 later in life, but I can't imagine that you were... At all involved. Later in in life, my boy, I was already a part of MI6. When you were like nine, ten years old, or however old you were, when you were visiting your uncle in Cambridgeshire? I was
1: recruited the moment I stepped foot in Cambridgeshire. Really? Yes, they said, look at this young man. How old
0: were you when you first went to go visit your uncle in Cambridgeshire?
1: Three.
0: You were three years old? Yes. So you stepped foot in Cambridgeshire, and there's
1: an agent there from MI6 to recruit you? Yes, yes. Well, I was recruited by another three. Three-year-old, okay. Another three-year-old. Ooh, the honey You had been. Jared.
2: <laughs> Jared.
1: Jared. Have,
2: Jared. Some, have some, cl- bring some. Bring some. Some class <laughs> to this thing.
0: If anybody would be sympathetic to that, it would be you, Graham Greene. We'll get to well, that. We'll, get, we'll, get, to to that in we'll a get to it.
1: We'll get to it. We'll get to it.
2: It's right. coming.
0: So this uh, three-year-old approaches you in Cambridgeshire.
1: Yes. Now, of course, we've barely gotten to any sentences yet, mm-hmm. so I apologize if uh, 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 our uh, our verbiage is terrible and vulgar. So I apologize. I'm going to do my best to recreate it accurately. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I say, old oh, boy, is your name Graham Greene? Yes it is. Well, Pip Pip and Pincherio. I say, have you ever given any thought of serving her, uh uh his majesty in a more official and unofficial capacity? Well, certainly I'm on my way to Easter Mass. It is, of course, <laughs> July, as we both know. Well, on the way do to I, Mass, do you why mind don't, if I you know,
0: interrupt you quite <laughs> right quickly, Graham
2: yes. green Green? Yes, so yes, first yes, of all, yes. I
0: just want to say how uh refreshing it is to hear the uh uh, stilted and broken yeah. uh, sentences of an infant.
1: I apologize you know. if it was difficult to listen no, to. I've no, I've never talked course.
2: like that in my whole life.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, I, us Americans, we we Not can only dream of being that eloquent as you were, at th- as all British people are at three years old.
1: Yes, well, of course, all Americans do talk and sound like elephants.
0: That's true. That is true. Uh, so. Uh, So you basically, you're saying that you read in secret because you were already involved in your spy craft. You already wanted people to think that you were less intelligent than you were Mm -hmm. so that they would underestimate you and you can get the upper hand.
1: Yes, yes, and of course, what people didn't realize was that I was reading German communiqué.
0: Interesting. So you weren't reading novels; you were you were already oh, intercepting. Heavens no. Oh
1: heavens, no! This is during the Great War, and we needed to look out, uh, uh, look out for the Kaiser. That's right. Look out for those and look out for those, those out jerrys.
0: For those jerrys. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow! So you were already uh, coming across the Western Front. So, and were you translating these communiques? I'm well, going or?
1: across the Western
0: Front.
2: Oh really? Well, what am I saying right now? <laughs> Kartoffelsalat.
0: Kartoffelsalat. Is that German? Yeah. Uh, Kartoffelsalat. (laughs)
1: Uh, How dare you question? How dare you impugn? Uh, uh, I wouldn't say,
0: uh, Graham Greene, you don't have to translate that. You also didn't specify whether or not you were translating them.
2: Kartoffelsalat means... Potato salad.
0: I was about to say. It's potato salad. The words yes. were on his lips. I saw that. I saw the pee pursed on his lips.
1: It was coming. Uh, it was coming. Now, I do have
0: <laughs> one more question before we go back over to uh, Jimmy yeah.
1: Stewart. So,
0: <laughs> in adolescence, you were sent away to a boarding school uh, when you were young. Surprise, surprise. But you were bullied and suffered from depression and actually attempted suicide by taking aspirin and going swimming. This is on the Wikipedia, and I have to admit, yes. I've never heard about this that there was some, some sort of dangerous reaction between aspirin and swimming, and I Googled it and nothing turned up. Yes. Was this a regular thing in the 1900s that people would attempt suicide by mixing aspirin and swimming? Like,
1: well, that, what that even was, happens that to was, the was, body? Well, that was German code, don't you know? because of course they were they were playing with poisons at the time, mm-hmm. uh, playing with gas gas warfare okay and uh, what they were saying you put the aspirin in the water. that, that was a German communiqué that I had read. So there was spy language coming from Germany. I translated it to aspirin in the water, to which I assumed, if you take an aspirin in the water, you would, uh, of course, die. Mm. And actually, what they were talking about was mixing uh, precious uh, gases and and Mm. elements and things with water in order to create like mustard gas and in order to create mustard gas and and things like that. So uh,
2: just truly, uh, my love, mustard. I love mustard on toast with a little cheese. And just. And a warm dog. Yes, and a warm dog, <laughs> but cut into little cubes so I can eat it a little
0: easier. You assumed that the Germans were developing some sort of technology where they make Americans or, wh- or whoever eat Take aspirin, aspirin and, and then and go, go swimming. Swim. And that's how they would kill Americans or whoever. Yeah,
1: so I thought that that was how they would kill uh, we Brits, you know, mm, just uh, yes. challenging us to a swim across the Thames and. But and let's all, all have an aspirin beforehand. Let's all first, have of an aspirin be Let's do that fun thing of everyone taking an aspirin yeah, and yeah. Uh, go for a swim. And then oh, then there we are. We're, oh, we're wow. stu- stuck in the Tims with all those eels.
0: That must have been such a surprise then that nothing really bad happened when you took your aspirin and then went swimming.
1: Uh, no, I, ha- I had a nice swim. Um, but uh So it's not nothing happened. You well, had a no, nice swim. No, I, I mean, if you are task-oriented, then no. It was not, it did, I did not live up to, to, right. to, to the task. Right. But, Heaven's Gate.
0: Heaven's
1: Gate. They had a task, and they, they lived and up they to it. They
0: certainly did. Let's go back over to Jimmy Stewart. Which Stewart's was shopping
1: for kids and wearing them proudly. For
0: just a <laughs> moment. So, uh, Jimmy Stewart, you were born in, in 1908 in Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is the most American-sounding place I've ever heard of. Right. Good year, good town. Right. Uh, uh, you moved to New York after per, after Princeton to pursue acting with your college friend a young man named Henry Fonda right two you were friends for their whole life
2: that was my first kiss
0: yeah was Henry Fonda
2: mm-hmm. oh. Jimmy Stewart and Henry Fonda
0: exchange was it his first kiss also
2: oh why that? I, oh, it must have not been. Now that I remember, because he was so good at it, right? He was really good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he's a which, regular Jared Berenstein,
0: if you will, a real <laughs> okay. Casanova.
2: Uh, oh, yes, who huh. has had sex
1: a record two times. Uh, definitely
0: at least yeah. two times. Number at two least at
1: most.
2: Your nickname?
1: <laughs>
0: what should be two? Number two. two? <laughs> my nickname would be number two. Whenever I
1: think <laughs> of a number two,
0: <laughs> I'll think of Jared Berenstein and famous dead people.
2: Um, but yeah. It, I, well, speaking of number
0: two, I wanted. To ask about the second play that you ever did on Broadway. Okay, uh, it was called <laughs> "It was called Goodbye Again," and you had one line. Mm. And this is from the New Yorker quote: "James Stewart comes on for three minutes and walks off to a round of spontaneous applause." Yeah. So, can you tell us about that show, "Goodbye Again"? And what you were doing in it and what your line was, what your one line was that garnered such sure. high praise that the New Yorker specifically said, he says this one thing and then everybody applauds. Everybody's so happy. I'm
1: yeah, so, sitting down, I'm sitting
0: yeah. down. I've
2: got There was a big fight scene. Goodbye Again is about neighbors that just can't get it together. Mm. So it's about, it was really spectacular because it was like two fake patches of lawn on either side of the stage and just two neighborhood families being like, stop that, stop, stop it. And then the other side being like, what? What am I doing? <laughs> what is? What am I even doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And yelling through the windows and mi- lost communication. Mm-hmm. And then I come, this has gone on now for an hour and 15 minutes, mm-hmm. the fighting. And then I come out and I'm b- very tall mm-hmm. and I s- I'm sort of, weak ish okay smell that and so no one's scared of me and then that's when you strike okay and i just said hey let's everybody just take a break (laughs) and the crowd went and then they were like wow that weak guy really Really brought the house down. Really brought peace. Wait,
0: so did your did your character have a name? Did it have any context? Did I anybody did. say, "Oh, hey, look, it's that guy"? Did, did we? Or were we just like a person walking? by? a person. By?
2: Yeah, in the program, my name was Roy.
0: Okay, but
2: on non stage, no one said it ever.
0: Nobody ever talked about your character. Nobody ever mentioned your name. But
2: it was a precursor for my big smash, Wonderful Life.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know this that. guy
2: with no life. That just sort of makes <laughs> his life all about...
0: Helping others.
2: Yeah, lifting everyone who has a problem up. It's a beautiful story. I suggest you watch it. Not it's just a, at Christmas. It's at a Wonderful Christmas. Life is
0: great. It's yeah, a great movie. It's really I love movie. good. Could you say the line for me one more <clears> time? So I'm imagining these two families that have been fighting the whole show, two patches of yeah. grass.
2: like stop, stop watering. It's splashing a little and bit on guys, my what side. What am I doing wrong?
0: What am I doing wrong? And what? And
2: I come out and I say, Hey... Let's everybody just take a break, okay? Sometimes I'd add an okay at the end. <laughs> if the crowd, I'm like very good. Like a little good, sassy, like, I'm okay. I'm very good at coming out. This cannot be taught. Coming out and feeling what the crowd wants. Ooh, yeah. You got to oh, get on yes. their
0: energy level.
2: Sometimes they want and then deliver. okay mm-hmm. at the end.
0: Gotcha. Wow. I mean, I, I'm definitely getting a power. Off of that line, I can 100% understand yeah. uh, why the audience has I had such it. a big I reaction to it. it.
2: I exist to absorb uh, pain <laughs> and problems, and then the town found peace,
0: and, th- and that's the end of the play.
2: Uh huh. Goodbye. Wow. That's
0: incredible. Again, Jimmy Stewart absorbing an- negative energy, and lifting everybody up. We've got to take a short break, unfortunately, but we will be right back with Graham Greene and Jimmy Stewart on Famous, on Famous Dead People. Game Stay Game with Game us. Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show, or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love, hearing from fans. Uh, Also check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBernstein.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century American stage and screen actor Famous, For his everyman roles in films like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart.
2: Good afternoon.
0: And the English novelist behind such works as The Third Man, The Confidential Agent, and The End of the Affair, Graham Greene.
1: Happy Easter, everyone. Happy
0: Easter, one (laughs) and all. Uh, So let's go back over to um, Graham Greene for just a moment. Uh, so, you, after university, you got work doing freelance journalism. I see uh, where you're going. While Mrs. you <laughs> were working on your fiction, and you, during this period, wrote a film review of a Shirley Temple movie called Wee Willy Winky, yes. in which you commented on the then nine year old Shirley Temple's <laughs> sexuality, yes. saying she had a, quote, dubious coquetry which appealed to middle aged men oh! and clergymen. This led 20th Century Fox to sue, which made you flee to Mexico for the duration of the trial. And I have a lot of questions about this. First of all, Uh what was the point in commenting on the sexuality of a nine-year-old Shirley Temple? Did you not think that was inappropriate? Were you trying to evoke some kind of reaction from people? What's the deal?
2: There's no way this won't be a lot of fun to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Great question, Jared. Wow, I could never do what you do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if, you're, what about, if you're just tuning in, welcome back to podcast? Famous Dead People. No, Le Petit More
0: with Jimmy Stewart and Moore. Graham Crane. Our wow. guest today is
2: Jeremy I thought I brought things Master. down with my dad shoving me on my birthday, but clearly. <laughs> I, I was okay. Now Jimmy Stewart Podcast Master. Now,
0: Jimmy Stewart, there may be a reasonable explanation for Graham Green totally. commenting on the sexuality okay. of a nine-year-old <laughs> Shirley Temple. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well I have an explanation. I don't know if it's reasonable. But... Okay,
0: but please go ahead. Let's set the record straight.
1: Certainly. So um you know, it's twofold. Twofold. Um much like my novels. Mm. Um yes,
0: entertainments versus Catholic. Yes. Dubious
1: coquetry. Mm-hmm. Now, that is if you are up. If you are up on your early days of spycraft, Okay. You know that dubious coquetry is actually a phrase that is used when transporting important information
2: across.
1: It's like a code word. It's like a password. Oh, it's
2: like that mustard aspirin thing. Like the mustard aspirin.
0: Gas. When you were translating the aspirin in water and swimming thing, were you thinking like, ooh, another... Piece of dubious coquetry for me to translate, for me well, to, which, which to was dissect. Which was
1: dubious coquetry, coque, coquetry. Mm-hmm. how do you, coquetry? Coquetry. 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 Yeah.
0: Jimmy Stewart, you want to get another out of
2: this? I'm doing a little impression of her right now. <laughs> you purse your lips and you puff your cheeks out and, mm-hmm. and just sort of w- uh, waggle your shoulders. I'm dubious. This is, is going to help
0: us with the pronunciation of coquetry.
1: It should. <laughs> uh, so, I... I, I was putting it out there with, you know, they, they knew to read my film reviews to look for key phrases, mm-hmm. key phrases. And look, there weren't so many, he... there weren't many women. There weren't many women who were, who were in the film. And what was I going to say that about a man?
0: Mm, okay. How so... was I
1: going to, how, how was I going to get the phrase across? So you needed how to include the do phrase do
0: dubious coquetry in your review at some point so that your your uh, handlers at MI6 would know that there was a coded message in there, right? Yes, yes. that's your stipulation.
1: Yes, no. well I said it was twofold. Okay. That and the was second one piece. part of it, the second part of it was that was that I saw the film and I did think that her <laughs> coquetry was uh, was dubious.
0: And I want to be oh. honest, and I want to be honest, I did think she had a dubious go ha- It I worked ha- out great. Look, I, ha- I, to I have a responsibility. <laughs> I have a responsibility to my readership. As a journalist to put the truth out there. Now,
1: look, I didn't think long and hard about writing it down. I thought about it long enough to both write it down in the moment, and then I thought about it, of course, when I did my... Reread of it, mm-hmm. and then I thought about it again. And, and when of it course was you had an editor, you had an editor then, who looked into it. Over and then of course they, they were like, like and then of course they were like, that's fucked up. You can't <laughs> put that there. Right. And then I said, well, I don't know. I feel like I should put it there. And no, I don't really actually feel that way. And that's really gross. And mm-hmm. shouldn't say it. And I, I, I shouldn't feel better have said it.
2: knowing that at the end of the day, she went home with a little piece of meat, and two <laughs> two sides.
0: Well, that's only if she did a bad job. Shirley Temple often did a good job, so and I'm look, assuming she got paid.
1: And look, I did the right thing. I immediately... Ran away from the problem, went <laughs> to straight Mexico. to Mexico, and let well, other that's people my other question. solve my problems. What
0: did 20th Century Fox sue you for? Like, obviously, it's a, kind of a creepy thing. Being that you an say asshole. Just for being an asshole? Yes. I, I don't think you're breaking any laws by describing Shirley Temple as. as
1: the middle
2: aged man doobie. part was pretty. It's pretty gross. gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but out of, a, out of
1: all the many, many gross things in there, it's on the list, but there's no
0: law against being creepy and bring a creepy middle-aged man commenting on the sexuality of a 9-year-old girl, right? What could what could they possibly sue you for?
1: What could they sue me for? Yeah. Uh, they could say, "Oh, you know, the the people of Los Angeles County hereby are suing uh, versus uh V uh, Grand Graham Greene Green for mm. being a piece of shit.
0: Okay, yeah. that's fair.
1: That is, totally and I fair. did not think that I would get past the Colts, and mm-hmm.
0: so um, you moved to Mexico.
1: Yes, i i i had a I had a fair working knowledge of what pieces of shit were like. After mm-hmm. all, I am Catholic, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I have met, and I have that's met right. some pieces of shit. Now there are pieces of shit everywhere, but yes. I think it's safe to in say that there are many who are, who are, who. Are in, who who, uh, who, uh, who are part of organized
2: religion? Of course, of,
1: uh, there, there's always going to be at least some shit at a meeting
2: in
0: every organized
1: religion, in every, organization. in every organization. Mostly
2: every organization.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back over to Jimmy Stewart for just a moment. You
1: don't want to keep talking about that.
0: Oh, I desperately do. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, do no. I. Oh, man, I sure hope you learned your lesson, Graham Greene. Let's go back.
1: We're sitting here with our co-host, Jimmy Stewart. Yes, on Lipity Moore. Do you have a question for yourself? Oh, do you have
2: a question for yourself, Jimmy Stewart? I was trying to think how many priests I've been friends with in my life. Oh, yeah? And there was a lot, because there was a time (laughs) when Catholicism was... Cool and everywhere.
0: You wanted to be seen with a priest back in like nineteen. Yeah. I would say thirty-five. I think they were always
2: trying to get on the red carpet. Yeah, and then finally one day I had to cut it all off
0: because of because of all the. I just was scandals?
2: like, yeah, I was just like, I don't like this guy. It always kind of came to that when I was friends with the priest.
0: I understand. I want to uh, ask you, Jimmy Stewart, about your first Hollywood screen test. Oh. so uh, I believe it's 1935. Henry Fonda moves out to Hollywood. The love to act of in my movies. life. Uh, your first kiss. Mm-hmm. That's right. And more? Question mark. I the love of my life. I'm saying, but did it ever go further than that, physically, between you and Henry Fonda?
2: Jared, you just got back from Florida. It could not be more obvious. <laughs>
1: There's something. In the water down there. Uh, all right, so you need to knock it off with that Fort Lauderdale behavior. I certainly <laughs> do.
0: Uh, so you,
1: uh,
0: Henry Fonda, love your life. He encourages you to take a screen test. Yeah, which you do, but then afterwards you don't go back to Broadway. You don't move out to Hollywood. You move instead back to Indiana, Pennsylvania, and you don't start acting in movies until a year later. So. What happened with that screen test? Why move back to Pennsylvania? Even if it went poorly, why not just move back to Broadway and start and keep acting in plays?
2: I realized what they loved the the most about me was my regular weak guy thing. Mm, So I knew I had to go right back home to get back into my roots. But at the screen test, what was the thing? What was that little moment that really pushed it? Mm -hmm. So the screen test was a slow dance. I was the guy. I was... Holding the part. Of was it the... just you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Was it? Did they didn't give you a partner for the screen test. No,
2: they were just gonna paper her in later. Like,
0: oh, gotcha. Draw her
2: in somehow.
0: Mm, okay. Because
2: it's you know you can put any lady in there and it's the same. Oh, I didn't
0: know that. Thing. they had that technology back then to just yes. to just insert actresses wherever they needed.
2: Yes.
1: There was a program back then called Woman. Called uh-huh. Woman. Just Woman. Was that, woman.
0: Was that an acronym or did it just mean Woman?
2: No, you. It stood for. Wait. Oh, God, she's here. (laughs) Maybe this will work. A. Apple. Give her an apple. And then, no, 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 go home.
1: It was an acronym made up of sentences.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ladies are complicated. Acronyms
1: worked a lot different back then.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, so you're doing your slow dance and your screen test. Uh Uh-huh. All
2: right. Uh huh. You couldn't have a lady there because she'd bring up, she'd say too much. She'd say like, "It's too hot in here." I'm hungry, or like, equal rights.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand.
2: It's just easier. So it's me slow dancing with myself, and then I realized. Oh, then I looked up and I saw a little glittery
0: thing. Ooh, a little piece of glitter.
2: Yeah. Well, shh. We don't know. (laughs) Then it floated down. And it landed in my eye. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, ow, ow, ow.
0: Something glittery landed in Jimmy Stewart's eye.
2: Well, not glitter, Jared. I said glittery,
0: something glittery.
2: And then I said, excuse me, I need 20 minutes. So then I went to the bathroom, and it was bad. It had been a little piece of paper.
0: (gasps) Oh, no. A little piece of paper.
2: (laughs) That landed in my eye, Mm -hmm. caused a lot more damage than... You would think, okay, because it it was dry and it sort of rattled around, scratched my cornea. Yeah,
0: oh, that's rough.
2: Yeah, you've had that happen to uh, you. No, but I can imagine. Oh, then, sh- 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 <laughs> so then my cornea scratched. I had to go to the nurse and said, but all she was good for was sprained ankles. Oh, uh, so then dead. I said, you know what? I better go home for. A year and a half and just... And
0: just focus on my recovery?
2: Yeah. That's
0: interesting. Wow. And so and that, that explains why you didn't even go back to Broadway then.
2: It completely explains why I didn't go back because my depth perception was off.
0: And you can't act. I can't be
2: tumbling off the stage and exactly. killing somebody.
0: Yeah, which you're likely to do if you don't have any depth perception. Right. Of course. Now, you do eventually move back to Hollywood. Right. You start acting in movies. But now
2: I'm in a terrible mood and I'm <laughs> <a> f- <laughs> For the rest of my life.
0: Wait, this incident with the piece of paper put you in a bad mood for we the rest of your life. We don't know
2: where that pap- little scrap had been. That paper could have been floating around for since dinosaurs. It was carrying a lot of germs, <laughs> and it was really rough. Wait, and you
0: just uh, were cranky we,
1: from then on. Wait, J- Jimmy, are, are you a germaphobe? Do you have like? Do you have like? Yeah. Severe... Would you describe
2: yourself as a uh, a neurotic? I mean, what I just described is a horrifying, really serious injury. I don't see how it makes me. Regardless
0: of if you're neurotic or not, any human being would be upset about a piece of paper in their eye.
2: Thank
1: you. Can I ask, is that why your nails are so long and why your hair (laughs) is so long and why you have such a long beard? And
2: why you're
0: carrying around a jar of urine. Is that
2: why? why? And why I just wave or do a fist bump during flu season.
0: Yes, that is true. Yeah. Is that, is that the reason why? Because of this fear of germs that you yeah. have?
2: No, no handshakes anymore. So
0: we do we have established that Jimmy Stewart is a germaphobe. Fine, okay. But that is not the reason why he was upset about the paper in his eye, because that would bother anybody. Yeah, no. That would bother anybody.
2: My eye was fucked for the rest <laughs> of my life. You've pushed me to say it this way. I'm going to lose all my fans. No,
0: Jimmy Stewart, there's nothing you could do that, that would upset people. You are such an... a a well-established part of the American uh, fabric that there's nothing you could do that would upset people.
2: My dream, and I'm still trying to this day, maybe you can help me, Green, spread the news. My hope for the world is that everyone will put themselves last and help, you know, all the alcoholics or in their family or all the people who manage their money poorly in their family and marry someone (laughs) they didn't want to marry, like, settle. Yeah. That's my dream. And then that we can all help each other do that. That's a wonderful
0: message, Jimmy Stewart. Thank (laughs) you for that. Uh, Again, you can do anything you want, and you would not hurt your standing in the American public's eyes. You could could do anything you wanted. (laughs) Do you have anything on your list of things that you want to do that you you were worried that you couldn't do because— you were worried about how your fans would see
2: it. Six Flags.
0: You want to go to Six? You didn't think Jimmy people would accept Jimmy Stewart at Six Flags? No. Well,
1: you know what? Hollywood yeah. Horror Nights. It, you can go. It's very fun. You can go to Six no, Flags.
2: No, I Let's can't. Let's all go together.
1: Let's go after the show.
2: There's do no way. To? I do want to go.
1: Yeah. Let's all. Uh, so New Jersey's not far.
0: Yes. Yeah. We can go to a uh, great adventure. We can go to uh, Six Flags. They
1: got great roller coasters there.
0: Great what, what? No. <laughs> roller coasters? What did I say? What
1: you uh, you uh, said some bullshit? It's, it's <laughs> you sounded... said
0: roller Is that French? If you are just Was listening, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is famous dead people on radio free Brooklyn. And my guests today are English novelist Graham Greene hey, and 20th century American actor Jimmy Stewart. What? Uh, (laughs) Wait, what? Was that me? I wanted to ask
2: also, uh,
0: you do start acting in movies again. Yes. You are working regularly in the studio system, which means you only can make movies for one studio, but then you sign. Well,
2: and which means that everything in the studio is fake, so the (laughs) walls move. I feel a little bad. I was nervous whether to bring this up. The doors open to nothing. And the food isn't always real. And the the camera doesn't go up so that you don't see there's no ceiling in the house or the business. Mm-hmm. So that's that.
0: That's what being part of the studio system uh-huh. taught you yeah. is, is the magic of movie making. Right. Yes. Well, thank you for that information. That
2: no you're... problem.
0: Okay. Now, here's the thing. Because you're in the studio system... <laughs> You're only allowed to make movies for one studio. You sign with an agent named mm-hmm. Leland Hayward. Right. And he decides that if you're going to break through as a major star, you're going to need to be loaned out to other studios on occasion. Mm-hmm. So what was the thinking there? Like, why would would doing movies at other studios, being loaned out, help to sort of like increase your public persona and make you more of a leading man as opposed to a a, a second build or a third build actor?
2: Well, it's more buzz, you see. Mm. No such thing as bad breasts. It's kind of like being, um, it's kind of like being a supermodel. You know, you gotta be seen everywhere. You gotta be seen. You
0: gotta go to the parties. You gotta meet the DJs. You gotta
2: be seen having pasta at the hottest place.
0: Gotta meet the priests. You gotta be seen. (laughs) You gotta
2: meet the right priests. Having
0: pasta at all the right places. Yeah,
2: and so that was me. Okay, I was. I was just all around town at the different studios, and you better believe if Leland said, go, go have a scone in Koreatown today, please. It's a good place. Everybody's talking about it. I would go.
0: Gotcha. Was there anything that you were like that that Leland sent you out to do? Uh Some publicity that you were just like, ugh, I really hate this. I don't want to do this one. Were there any assignments that he gave you where you were like, I know this is good for my career, but I just don't want to go to this art gallery or to the scone place or whatever?
2: Right. No. Yes, there was. Mm -hmm. You know when you bite the inside of your lip and it gets cut up and turns into a canker sore? I
0: hate that.
2: Okay. And there's that medicine, Kanka.
0: Okay, it numbs it. Mm -hmm.
2: So, Kanka was hot on the scene. Kanka was brand new, still in trials, pharmaceutical trials.
0: It was hot back then. Kanka was was having a moment. It was hot
2: because it was on the. It had only been on the the black market, and now it was out.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: So, Leland said, "Jimmy, I need you to get down." He called me from bed. And he said, I need you to go downtown, go to the drugstore, and I need you to get caught holding Kanka and looking at it and maybe thinking about shoplifting it, but mostly holding it in such a way Mm -hmm. that it could be faced out and then Leland set up a photographer to be catch me in the aisle thinking about buying canka.
0: But you also and said maybe stealing it.
2: Yeah, well, that brings in that dubious look.
0: Oh, that yeah, we got to give some <laughs> layers to Jimmy Stewart. Maybe there's something else going on beneath the surface. So I
2: was holding a little car, a little basket and mm-hmm. the canka out like this, and um photographer showed up, mm-hmm. got the pic. It was everywhere. <laughs> and that set the mold for those pics today when celebrities are, holding shampoo or lotion, and it says something like, ooh, Minka Kelly buying caress body wash. Ooh, Those are all staged, you guys. This
0: was started by you and your agent, Leland Hayward.
2: I hope you know who Minka Kelly
0: is. <laughs> I do know who Minka was about Kelly is. I to ask, is.
1: what is Minka up to these days?
0: I don't know. She was Not on- Not
2: Jared, what's his nut? Wait, J- what? Derek Jeter, Not sorry. Not Derek <laughs> And not Jared Berenstein? Also, not Jared Berenstein. No. That is true.
0: <laughs> Let's go back over to Graham for just a moment. So, uh. <laughs> Did you... you care
2: about what I said, just to make sure? What do you mean, about the Kanka thing? <laughs> do you understand? I
0: do understand, yes. <laughs> I care about everything that you say. So James now Stewart. I can go
2: take a sleep.
0: If you want, but aren't you interested in what Graham Green is gonna say?
2: Oh yes, yes. Of yes.
0: course. So let's you go. You can take a nap. It's quite mm-hmm. all right. Uh I I wouldn't want you to miss this. But but we're, we're two
1: old we're two very old men of an advanced age. I mean, we could also take a nap
0: break if that's something you guys want. We could just like take a I've could...
1: been taking them, so oh, I've, okay. I've died twice sitting here.
0: So, Graham Green, you enjoyed traveling to wild and remote places during your life, and this is what actually led you to work in with British intelligence, MI6. That's according to Wikipedia. You, of course, said that you were recruited at three. No, I had been doing it (laughs) for quite a long time. Yes, doing it for a long time. This
1: was the public explanation. Yes.
0: So you were posted in Sierra Leone during the Second World War. Your supervisor, Kim Philby, was a double agent for the Soviets the whole time that she was supervising you. He... he
1: was supervising. Oh, so it wasn't a woman. Kim no, Philbin. Kim is a man. He,
2: he, he,
1: he. Janet, Janet, have you have you learned nothing he this entire time? Him. Have you learned nothing this entire time? What woman held a job? Women in this time? did
0: jobs during World War II. They did a lot of jobs. They well, were I never met they them. So, I never met
1: they them. So, never met they them. were nurses. They they took
2: girlfriends. are girlfriends. Girlfriends are friends. First and foremost, they are girlfriends are not good jobs. Good girlfriends.
0: It's not a job, Jimmy Stewart. Don't so, you
2: don't
1: you know the the uh, Rocco the Riveters, which were which were men who stayed home no, during during no, World War II? It was Rosie was the, the... the
0: Riveters. They were women who were doing those jobs.
1: Well, well that. And was,
0: some would argue that, that it was a was huge press. step forward for women's rights, a great and wonderful step forward for Boo. women's rights. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, we can agree; we can both agree to disagree on okay. the subject that so you are Kim wrong. So, Kim Philby
0: was a man, yes, who was a double agent for the Soviets. He was your supervisor at yes, MI6. He uh, did he ever do anything to you while you were posted that Think, hey. This is suspicious. Did you know that he was a Soviet agent? Was this, uh, you know, what what were you doing there in Sierra Leone that maybe Kim was trying to affect, make things better for the Soviets than the British, you know? I
1: was gathering intelligence. And, you know, the Sierra yeah. Leone was a very contested area. You were uh,
0: collecting little dubious coquetry over there in Sierra Leone.
1: Collecting it? Yeah, isn't that what you calling said? Calling it out. Calling it out. I, Finding I was it, pointing at it, and saying, <laughs> "Dubious coquetry, <go-getter." laughs> dubious coquetry over there, mm-hmm. old boy. Okay. Do, do go have a look." Yeah. I, so there I was. I was stationed there with MI6, and you know, going to various parties and you know, hearing what not. Mm. And Kim was my was my old supervisor. And so you know, every now and then, I'd bring him some little bit of uh, of data, some bit of information I had overheard while whilst drinking at the bar. And that's that's all we did was drink at the bar. You know, we were Ooh. drunk, we were pissed drunk yes. th- three quarters of the time. Well,
0: you know, uh, that's where you get loose lips is when people are drinking alcohol. And so obviously, if you're going to spy anywhere, it's got to be- in the bar.
2: And that's where you live your best life, because you find all these people that you can help and put, <laughs> and put your life last. All for. these alcoholics yes. that you
0: can you can turn around uh-huh. at the bar. That's right. Yes, so absolutely. you're saying Graham, Graham Uh Yeah. And so, collecting uh, information at the bar.
1: Yes. 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 And uh, so uh, of course uh, we knew that we would be working with the Russians. Mm. We knew that we would be working with the Russians for the duration of. The great, the world war. Yes, World the, War II. Yes. yes, with old Hitler. Mm, mm. Yes, and Mussolini and the Japanese. Yes, Hirohito. Yes, you've heard all of these. People? I've heard all of these great. names. Yes, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, I, I. But we also knew that we had to prepare for an eventual, eventual meeting of the battlements at some point between our very different styles of government. Mm. We have, we have the the right way. And then we have the wrong way with communism mm-hmm. and with Stalin and all that. Gotcha. So, you know, we, we were sort of planning for a long term and and all sorts of things. And every now and then I would say to to Kim, I would say, Kim, old boy, uh, you know, this and such and such and whatnot. And I'm passing long information. Mm-hmm. And then he would say, Oh, that's very good, old boy. That's very, very good. Um we shall definitely get them over in Stolengrad. <gasps> Ooh. And so every now and then, that. I woke slip up. Of
2: th- I woke up. I woke up. What's going on? What's going on? It was
1: that slip. That
0: slip. Every time, every time Kim would say something Russian, he would, say, Russian, oh, he would oh, slip into his Russian accent. Oh,
1: those old Russians! You know, they're 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 going to have a very sad plate of borscht. Oh my and god. So, and so that's how you knew. That's how you knew. And they're like, oh, oh they're going to be so sad when they're walking along. Nissi Prospect. Yes. So all of that. And uh, you know, that, that's that's how you knew, generally, that, that there was something Russian going on. Gotcha. But I have to say, I never said a word. You I never said a word. Never
0: Do you know why? You kept it a secret.
1: Kept it a secret. Why? Do you know why? Because I was recruited into MI6 when I was three years old. Yes. I was recruited by the Soviets <gasps> one year earlier.
0: <gasps> When you were two, you Dude. were recruited by. Cambridge uh, oh my God.
1: You've heard of the Cambridge Five? You've heard of the Cambridge Five? It was actually Cambridge God. Six. Oh my God. Five. Wait, so who,
0: what was the Russian intelligence agency? That was, oh um, uh, God, I'm forgetting the name of the Russian intelligence agency that Putin was involved in. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> who were who you the recruited K&B? by? The KNV. The
1: KGB. Y- the KGB.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. I was going
1: to say YMCA. <laughs> y- it's fun to stay that, you know.
2: So anyway, yes. I, I was you recruited, were recruited by the
1: Russians at two years old oh by a god. fellow two year old. Oh my god. I can recreate the conversation. No, I like, think
0: I think we get it. I, think we're I have a big
2: right. announcement. I have a big yes, Jimmy Stewart. huge announcement. Okay. So everybody, be kind. Okay. <laughs> the you, cri- thank the you
0: for that contribution.
2: The bank in It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. It's not a real bank.
0: No, yes, Yes. was fake walls. And that's
2: paper money. hmm And that bad guy, the villain, was actually a pretty nice pretty guy. Pretty
0: good guy, yeah. I had him on the show, actually. He's been on Famous Dead People.
2: Nuh-uh. That's
0: right. I think his last name is uh, Burton. I forget. It doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. So... Uh, we are quickly running out of time. Last question for you, Jimmy Stewart. So in the 70s, you started making periodic appearances on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson sharing poems you had written right. at different times of your life. And I'm wondering if that was a hard sell for Johnny Carson because you're obviously a huge star. He'd be lucky to have you. But I can't imagine that they were excited to have poetry on that show. It feels like it doesn't fit with what they were doing on The Tonight Show. Uh, was it hard to convince johnny carson to let you do these poems on the tonight show
2: you would think it would be Mm -hmm. but actually no all right things people don't know about johnny he was very sensitive very loving wonderful person. very
0: into poetry
2: very into my and i gave him five hundred thousand dollars every time I went on the show. but you would pay him a
0: lot to of not money. let you do your poems on The Tonight Show? Yes. Interesting. I don't see why that would be necessary. I'm sure that a lot of people would have loved to have hear, heard your poems.
2: Well, you I... You need to pay for him. He was very nice, but I could always tell there was like a, a shaky part inside that he might say no. But it, mm. if you ever worried, someone might say no. Might, you might get bumped. You gotta pay.
0: You gotta pay like how you gotta wet their whistle a little Katie bit. Katy
2: Perry paid four hundred thousand dollars to perform at the Super Bowl. Wait, she did what? Show. Did Katy Perry pay four hundred thousand dollars to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show? Yes. Oh, wow.
0: She paid to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. I find that very hard to believe. Usually they pay a lot of money. Well, the to rules the stars. changed
2: a couple of years ago. But oh, anyway. did it? <laughs> Interesting.
0: So we only have uh, we have less than a minute left. Would you share one of your poems with us, would, Jimmy Stewart?
2: I would love to. I hope I remember. Okay. I hope I remember my poems.
0: All right. Take your time.
2: Okay. Dear Johnny. Wow. It's been a really long time since I've been here last. Have you cashed my check? I miss you. Well, something happened last time I've been meaning to address. I asked last time for some green tea to come to my dressing room, and it never came. Hmm. Was that on purpose? I feel like it start, might get, be. Can I
0: interrupt you for a second? This what? sounds like a letter. No,
2: this no. This is a poem. It's prose.
0: Okay. It's beautiful. And unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous <laughs> Dead People. Uh, thank you, Jimmy Stewart, for that lovely poem. And thank you, Graham <laughs> Greene, for joining us. Uh, final question. Do either of you have any uh, comedy shows or uh, or comedians or funny Instagram accounts that you want to tell people about? Graham Greene, anything you want to share with everybody?
1: Oh, certainly. Uh, there's a very funny show called Entirely for Memory that features some very, very funny people and and uh, and some wonderful improvisers. And they do a show uh, uh, once a month at uh, Littlefield out in Brooklyn and Gowanus, don't you know? And then uh, they also do a show uh, once every two months uh, at the People's Improv Theater.
0: All right, go check that out. And uh, Jimmy Stewart, anything you want to tell people about?
2: Yes, follow lobster bisque on instagram it's a little bit full of dead dad stuff right now (laughs) but there's also really funny character things too for uh for rebecca robles for rebecca robles (laughs) uh
0: i am of course your host jared berenstein you can check out all my stuff at jared uh at the point of this recording we have already had our very first stand-up 2020 comedy show slash voter registration drive with David Cross. Our (gasps) next show will be Friday, December 6th at 7 p.m. at the Pitt Theater on 24th Street in New York, so come check that out. Uh, Get involved with some great voting rights organizations. Uh, It's going to be a wonderful show, just like our first one. Uh, Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast if you're listening to this on the radio. All the old episodes are there. YouTube channel and Facebook fan page have new videos every Tuesday. Hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Brooklyn, thank you so much for listening, and we'll
1: see you next week. Yes, I uh, just uh, sort of old English man, and uh, you know, talk sort of a little bit like this, and. Uh, yes, I was an MI6, don't you know? Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, okay. I knew Kim Philby. And,
0: and Rebecca, are you going to do a voice for us today? I'm
2: going to do an old shaky thing, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, god, Like that. Have you heard
0: Jimmy Stewart? Have yeah, you heard him talk? but it's boring. It sounds just
1: like him. I'm hearing it. I can't wait
0: to sit down and chat with the t- you two old fogies. Old men.
1: It's going
0: to be great. <laughs>